Alright, creatures of the night! Welcome to episode 107 of our encyclopedic exploration ding of the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all tizan. Welcome to Talking Taker. My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night, the man who I have missed way more than even Orlando Jordan misses spots, Mr. Travis White. And Travis... <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> I'm glad to be back, man. I've been on vacation. I took a page out of uh, The Undertaker himself and decided to take some PTO. And PTO. Enjoy the perks of the middle-aged ministry, but... It's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be uh, here to, to finish off 2004 and wrap things up with a bang, man. Uh, it's good to see you, buddy. How you been? It's great, man. Yeah, I missed you. You've been gone. I've been uh, burning through some talk and taker uh, stuff. I'm about sick of hiding rank. We're going to talk to him about him a little bit here and get to him. And But yeah, man, it's good to have you back. We took a little detour last week with the old Royal Rumble. We'll watch along that was a blast but i'm excited to get back to 04 here and finish off the year man quite a year we've had what a year it has been and we'll talk about that here later on we'll wrap up 2004 here as we cover armageddon 2004 and really a star-studded fatal four-way match for the undertaker we're gonna end things with a bang as he goes up against jbl booker t and for the first and only time on pay-per-view the late, great, legendary Eddie Guerrero. So it'll be cool to cover him uh, for once on our podcast. Uh, it's a shame that Undertaker has multiple matches with Heidenreich and, and JBL and Giant Gonzalez and Kamala. Kali. Ma Mabel. And yet, yet we only get to talk about Eddie Guerrero for one single solitary episode. <laughs> But oh well, well, we'll try to savor that Latino heat as much as we can. But I uh, just want to say thanks to all our listeners out there for sticking with us last week. As, as Travis mentioned, we veered off course a little bit. But, you know, we, it was kind of a special episode as we got to do something yeah. we weren't sure we were going to do in the beginning and double back around, cover one of the matches we skipped if we're going by technically all of Undertaker's pay-per-view matches. So thanks for all of you who listened to that watch-along. Go Go listen to it, the 1991 Royal Rumble. If you have not yet, if you missed that one, go check it out. And we will get to the 92 and 93 Rumbles that we skipped uh, somewhere here along the way. We'll throw those in for a bonus episode or if we decide to go on vacation again we need to jam another one in there, we'll get those in there. But we just want to thank you listeners out there for sticking with us no matter what we put out. You guys are awesome. Always supporting us out there on social media, on all the different platforms uh, that you listen on, the podcasting platforms, and spreading the word and helping us grow this podcast. So just want to say thanks to everybody for uh, sticking with us no matter what we do. Absolutely. Sticking with us like uh, hiding right in a straitjacket. So. Always. <laughs> that's Always. right, man. And that's where we're going to pick things up here as we dig into Armageddon 2004. We're going to hop in this time traveling hearse. Back to November of 2004, back in our normal timeline, where we last thing, left things was Survivor Series 2004, 
and the Undertaker had narrowly escaped defeat at the hands of Heidenreich. He defeated him there and walked out victorious, got revenge for the Bronco limo hearse explosion from uh, the month before and soundly defeated yeah. Heidenreich. And, you know, we thought maybe he, he had buried him forever and we'd never have to talk about him again, but that does not seem to be the case here as we uh, begin to build to Armageddon. Yeah, SmackDown, uh, November 18th, 2004. This is the, you know, Thursday after that win over Heidenreich, which if you guys will remember, he, Taker had this incredulous look on his face, like he couldn't believe the fight that Heidenreich put up and this big challenge he had just tackled. So on this episode of SmackDown, we see Paul Heyman and Heidenreich backstage and Heyman strapping him into the straitjacket and giving a pep talk about his, his big loss at Survivor Series. And he... He kind of spins the tail like Heyman tends to, and as a moral victory, you know, he says that you know Taker was uh, giving you a look that that as if you were the Undertaker's own demon. He said, "You are Taker's demon." I mean, did you see the look on the Undertaker's face when the match was over? The Undertaker was staring at you like he was looking into the eyes of his own demon. That's you, Heidenreich is the Undertaker's own personal demon. Look, I've known the Undertaker for many years. I've never seen him look at anybody that way. I never saw the Undertaker look at The Rock that way. I never saw the Undertaker look at Stone Cold Steve Austin that way. I never even saw the Undertaker look at Hollywood Hogan that way. This is the biggest thing that's happened to you, and surely you're going to meet him again. Which I just wrote in my notes, dang it. Like, I just cannot. <laughs> Why do we have to meet again? I don't understand. That was a sound victory. It needed nothing. No more story needed to be tell, told. But anyway. You know is. why he looked at those guys differently? Rock, Stone Cold, and Hollywood Hogan? Uh, why is that? Those guys had talent. <laughs> That's why he looked at those guys differently. Heidenreich is those different than those money. guys. Yes. <laughs> they could draw money. <laughs> those, guys, those guys knew how to draw money. <laughs> They, those those three printed money actually. Seriously, <laughs> this guy, this guy can't draw money if I give him a pencil. So um, <laughs> yeah, man. He, well, Heidenreich kind of cuts off Heyman. And he's like all depressed and just ready to get his match with Charlie House over with. So they have a match, so unfortunately. We. And I'm going to use the word match very loosely. Yeah, uh, very loosely. And he basically beats him in about 30 seconds with a shoulder breaker, and then he cries and has an emotional breakdown and gets counted out and. He goes to leave, and the camera just kind of stays on him, just eating up clock time off SmackDown. It's just terrible, man. Like, just so much focus on this guy. It's always in his wrestling gear. Yeah, and it just <sighs> dies in front of the crowd every single yeah, time he's out time. there. Yeah, every time. Well, uh, later on, JBL is um, in his office, and he's got OJ with him, Orlando Jordan, and he's going to introduce his newest cabinet member, and that's Amy Weber. And if those of you who, who pay attention to, uh, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Amy Weber, um, uh, did she make it on the SmackDown vs. Raw game, uh, 06, I think, or 05? You know, if you told me like, she was, and... I would believe you, but I cannot remember. I, yeah, some of those girls did, but I don't remember who. yeah. I feel like I feel like I remember Joy Giovanni being on the 05 one. That was the game even I played a lot. Was mm-hmm. the, but anyway, uh, who knows? Anyway, yeah, he introduces Amy Weber. So she was one of the Raw Diva Search contestants, and I think she competed in the Diva Dodgeball Tournament at uh, SummerSlam, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, 
with all these girls. So again, they were trying to find the raw diva search woman, and apparently all of them just got freaking contracts because they're all going to wind up on SmackDown. Just like a handful of them, they're all on SmackDown. They keep so, popping up over um, the next few weeks. Anyway, in some won. of the worst segments you'll <laughs> yeah. ever see. They're and, and like. <laughs> Amy Weber, she's she's gorgeous, but she is not. There's a reason why she doesn't last yeah. long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think they were all gone by mid 2005. Like I think they were almost all gone by like SummerSlam of the next year. Like yeah, most of them. Most of them. You know, obviously some stuck around, but anyway. Um, well, anyway, he's got his image consultant. He comes to the ring in his Longhorn limo, and he's in a uh, great mood. Great mood here. Yeah, he's in the swing state of Ohio. You know, he's going all the political here, and he talks about how Eddie Guerrero and Booker T and the Undertaker they were all great in their time. You know, but the problem with them is that uh, they came at the same time as JBL. And he goes on to compare himself to Michael Jordan, talking about how there were other guys that played NBA at the same time. Like you know, I don't remember who the names are, but you know, let's say Pippen or. Rodman or Hardaway, whoever it might be. Barkley, yeah, but the problem is they all played with Michael Jordan, so he's the best. So JBL says that he surpassed them all and that they're going to be an afterthought. And um, goes on to talk about how great the economy's doing. (laughs) And uh, he's just being totally obnoxious, man. He's just like, since I've been a champion, you know, I brought the unemployment down. I prevented terrorist attacks on the country. And I'm a champion American can be proud of. And I'm America's undisputed champion. And it's just like... Oh, it's so ridiculous and obnoxious, yeah. man. You used that word a few weeks ago, and that is the perfect word for this guy, man. But it's great. He's a good heel. Fantastic heel. He is, man. Good. It works perfectly. Yeah. Well, his uh, pat himself on the back uh, talk, he's going to be broken up by Booker T. His music hits, and he's going to come out to the ring. And uh, he you know, he was screwed over Orlando Jordan and his title opportunity at um, at the pay-per-view uh, that we discovered was that Survivor, Survivor Series. No, yeah, Survivor yeah. Series. He was screwed over in that match. So, and uh, <laughs> at this point, Taz is complaining about all this stuff, and Michael Cole uh, says to Taz, "What is Booker T coming out here on JBL's time for? JBL giving his victory speech. He's very proud. What the fuck has the out here? Well, hold your belt buckle, broad legs. I bet Booker T's gonna tell us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what that meant." <laughs> Is that an expression? Is that a common expression I'm not aware of? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Why like, is Taz frog legs? Like, what? <laughs> he was like jumping to conclusions or something. He was like, yeah. on your belt buckle, frog legs. That's a coalism right like there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Matt Lips. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, Booker T comes out and he, he challenges JBL to a rematch. And, dude, the crowd loved it. They were excited for yeah. that idea. And then Eddie's music hits and he comes out in a peach lowrider, man. Mm. And it is awesome. Look at so sweet. Good. Yeah, and he's got this uh, he's got this jacket, man, that, I, dude, where did he get this jacket from? I think he got it from Teddy Long's closet, dude, because it <laughs> about comes down to his ankles. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> he's with. <laughs> It's uh, it's oh, beautiful no, looking. Huge, it's cool. Man. When he first got out, I was like, "Dang, he looks good." And then he got in the ring. I'm like, "That jacket is eight sizes too big." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really big. But you know, Eddie can make it look cool, man. He comes out there and he's uh, you know, he says that uh, he's just like Booker. He's not here to disrespect Booker T, but he's sick and tired of hearing about how great JBL is. And you know, he didn't forget what happened to 
uh, you know, what JBL did to his mom, which, again, for a shoot, she had a heart attack on screen, right. if you don't remember. Um, you know, and how he's disgraced the SmackDown community here, and he says it's time for him to get his title back. And um, Booker T and Eddie kind of go back and forth about who should get the match. And then, meanwhile, that's going to be interrupted by the lights going out and take his music hit. And then King of Gong Style is going to make his entrance here. Um, comes out and gets the, in the purple lights and everything. And uh, it takes... Uh, forever for him to get to the ring but when he does and he walks out so he makes eddie's car disappear yes eddie <laughs> drove the lowrider out and somehow as Undertaker's walking out it's not there anymore dude did, did he make it disappear i think he did it's supernatural i think that is a, a new addition to his powers so he can make vehicles disappear <laughs> it's an important thing to note <laughs> Oh, David Copperfield, man. Seriously, yeah, he's man. About it's on another <laughs> he level. He makes his car disappear. Oh man, it's it's great though. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's it's really funny. So, but um, in a complete lapse of all sense though, as ta- as Taker's coming out, Michael Cole's like, I wonder what brings Taker to the ring tonight. <laughs> like, hey, you're an idiot, man. So I, I don't know. He does the old be? discount double check and wants. Yeah, what could it possibly be? He's in the ring with a champion and two challengers. But anyway, he does the old, you know, I want the belt uh, motion around his waist and points at JBL. And JBL and OJ are going to bail out of the ring. And uh, JBL is going to make it very clear to everyone that uh, on the microphone that he's not fighting anybody. He says, you know, You don't get it. You don't get it, do you? I got to tell you in Spanish. I got to tell you in hip hop. I got to tell you in monster. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am not fighting any of y'all. You fight yourself. You fight this crowd. I don't care. None of you, none of you three hoodlums will ever get a rematch from JBL. Just like, it's just the way his, his delivery is so funny, though. Yeah, it's None excellent. of you hoodlums will ever get a rematch. Ever get a rematch. So, um, cue up, holla, holla, and that's when we bring out old Teddy Long here. And he's like, hold on a minute, player. And he's got him a gigantic jacket as well. So he and Eddie are shopping in the same collection at the big and tall section. But um, he says, you know, everyone here wants to be a champ. And he does agree with JBL that their individual title matches have been denied. But he says, you know, that's right. At Armageddon, it's going to be a fatal four-way match. And so he is uh, excited. And no one else is, I mean, uh, excuse me, no one, none of the other competitors are really happy about this except for Teddy. So... They all wanted their singles match, you know, but Teddy is, thinks this is a great idea to play So There we go. Well, for once, we've got a main event here that we get to build to for a few weeks. <laughs> we actually yeah, know the match. Exactly. And even better, man, I'm excited. For once, I get to talk about a holiday episode. You usually get all the fun ones. <laughs> I always get them. <laughs> Not tonight. I'm getting Thanksgiving Smackdown I get to cover November 25th, 2004. And my, oh my, what an episode this is, Travis. Very excited to cover uh, some things on this show. (laughs) Uh, First of all, we get uh, Eddie Guerrero and Booker T, two of Undertaker's opponents in that Fatal 4-Way. We see them backstage. They're kind of talking strategy because they're going to have a tag team match player uh, against JBL and Orlando Jordan later tonight. Uh, Well, the image consultant herself, Amy Weber, comes in, uh, interrupts. She uh, Amy Weber. Yeah. It's, it's okay if you forgot her from last week. Already. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Why has she never been invited back for like the Raw reunions or anything like that? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Uh, well, she uh, she tries to spark some dissension between Eddie and Booker T because uh, they're you know they're both baby faces they're both friendly but she's trying to get them against each other to help give her man JBL a chance and it kind of works they start arguing about who uh, who deserves to win at Armageddon and they're talking trash to each other about how they both blew their chances against uh, JBL. Eddie Guerrero talks about how Booker T has never lost the big one, or never won the big one in WWE, actually. He's just been WCW champion. Yeah. And how uh, Booker T is just talking about how Eddie let his five family times. get in the way. Yeah, five-time WCW, zero-time <laughs> WWE. And uh, Amy Weber is uh, quick to point out that they need to worry about The Undertaker as well. So, good thing she's got Taker on her mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to come back to it, to this other segment I want to talk about here later on. I'll just finish up talking about Undertaker here. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Massive Tool Josh Matthews, he is interviewing Paul Heyman, and he is covered in pie and mashed potatoes. I'll talk about why in a minute, but just remember that. He's interviewing <laughs> Paul Heyman, and Heyman gives us an update on Heidenreich, that Heidenreich is currently under 24-7 medical supervision, and... He goes into this sob story about how, unlike everyone at home, will be spending Thanksgiving with their families. Heidenreich will not be able to do so, and it's so tragic because he's actually a very sensitive, emotional man. Despite what you see on TV, and he just asks everyone to have a little compassion and prayer for Heidenreich on this night. So, just keep that in mind, folks. Heidenreich is in the loony bin by himself currently. That's where he's at at this moment in time. Thank God. Uh, yeah, um, say a prayer for him, folks. Uh, and <laughs> my prayers were answered because I, like I said, finally got a holiday show. So I got to see uh, <laughs> Miss Jackie and Dom Marie in a Pilgrim vs. Indian match. Which, which one was the heel? <laughs> well, uh, so Miss Jackie was the Pilgrim and Dom Marie was the Indian, but... I don't know. You, oh. could, you could talk about history and what uh, you know who was actually was colonizing. Say, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Don Marie was the baby face in my book on this night, without question. There you go. Without my question. Goodness. Uh, and then the main event for the night is Eddie and Booker against JBL and Orlando Jordan. Like I said earlier, it's not really. Yeah, it, it's a lot of that. It's uh, somehow Orlando Jordan hit perhaps the worst. Luthez press I've ever seen in my life. Like I don't know how you screw that move up, but he, we jumped up on uh, one of them, Booker T. Maybe he like landed on his feet as he like mounted the guy instead of like going down to his knees, and Booker had yeah. to like fall out real weird. It was just really really awkward. But you know, Zach Gowan could do a better one than he can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, Zach Gowan is a better wrestler than Orlando Jordan. Put it, put it right there, folks. You know, otherwise the match is fine. Uh, it, it goes through a commercial, goes to the end of the show, and the end comes about when Booker T is on the outside fighting JBL, and a fan pops out of the crowd wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and punches Booker T out of nowhere. And the fan unmasked himself to be none other than Danny Basham. Uh, you could say who to that as well if you want to. <laughs> You'd be forgiven if you don't remember the Basham brothers. But uh, 
the other brother, Doug Basham, pops out of the crowd on the other side of the ring. He's in disguise, and he shoves Eddie Guerrero off the top rope, and that allows JBL to roll up Eddie Guerrero and get the pin here. So, yes, the cabinet of JBL is forming and is completing here as the Basham brothers, who were previously doing this disgusting dominatrix gimmick with Shaniqua. Yeah. Uh, and very disturbing, very strange. I don't know how that was ever supposed to draw any money, but that's what they were doing on SmackDown prior to this. And now they're in JBL's cabinet. I mean, JBL sure knows how to recruit them, doesn't he, Travis? <laughs> yeah, he does. Their finishing move was called the ball and gag. Back no. then, just so you know. <laughs> but, okay, and here's my problem with this whole thing. I'm... I'm cool with JBL adding guys and taking these jabronis under his wing and like uh-huh. trying to do something kind of like Taker did with the ministry. Yeah, he had some some jabrones in there, you know. But why are they going to go through the trouble to have a Rey Mysterio mask or be disguised in a hat, only to immediately reveal yourself? Like that was it. Just really, like from a writing standpoint, it really like it really bothered me. Like when I was watching this, like what's the point? Like that could have been a whole like who done it like. Who are these, you know, henchmen for JBL? Who are these cabinet members? They could have played it out for the next couple or next week at least. I just really thought that they just wasted all of that week of storytelling in just a split second because it literally he punches Booker T and then immediately takes his mask off and it's like, okay, we didn't get to like the suspense of who is that? Who is that? It was just gone. Just there you are. You know, I would generally agree with you, and on principle, I agree with you, but. Can you imagine if we waited a week to find out who was under those masks and it was just the Basham brothers? Oh, no, I don't – yeah, no I, no, I agree. But I just mean like as far as – like w- there's no suspense in punching yeah. someone and immediately taking your mask off. That you is know? true. Like if, if you're being revealed – like if you're if, – if it was like when Jericho was feuding with Rey Mysterio and he had the Rey mask on as a fan and then took it – like that made sense though to reveal that it was him. But like this – these guys come out of nowhere – they haven't been on TV in a while, like off left field. Like that just to me, that was just like, what a missed opportunity to have, you know, they could have run with it for a little bit and gotten some more out of it. But yeah, you're right. No, absolutely. If you're going to, don't make us wait for something that's going to be a turd, you know, don't, don't build up. But who done it? And then it'd be the Bashams. You're right. Absolutely. Or when uh, Sting had the uh, Sting mask on and attacked Jeff Hardy in TNA. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorites. Sting. Takes the sting mask off and it's sting underneath it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, as uh, JBL and Orlando Jordan are celebrating with their new cabinet and getting a victory over two of his three opponents here, we hear the gong and the lights go out and the OD himself, original Dead Man, pops out and po- immediately pops into the ring uh, after the gong. Gives both these guys, gives Orlando a choke slam, picks up JBL, gives him a tombstone and. Wakes this crowd up, sends them home happy as he overlooks everybody, picks up the belt, it does the old Shakespeare pose, sends the fans home happy, like we said here, and uh, it's looking standing tall here, heading into Armageddon after a couple weeks of build up here. Yeah, man, Taker looking strong, dude. As only Taker can. <laughs> as only he can, and Taker you know, strong. He had to yeah. be looking strong because uh, he was. He might have been uh, turning out here for his future wife, who makes her SmackDown debut on this uh, episode of SmackDown, Michelle McCool. She does. <laughs> Taker's still got that Sarah tattoo at the moment, but uh, maybe he's trying to look <laughs> strong here. As uh, we mentioned, all these Diva Search girls are getting placed 
all over Raw and SmackDown, and she just happens to be on SmackDown, so that's an important career note for The Undertaker. Yeah, I wonder how soon after this they, uh, you know, started, you know, dating or whatever. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll notice when the take when the Sarah dis, uh, tattoo disappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't delve too much into the personal life of Taker on here, but just you know, an important thing to note uh, on yeah. here. Kind of a fun little add-on, but nothing was more fun. I, I, I got to go back and cover this. We're talking Taker. We focus on him, but Travis, there's a segment on this episode of SmackDown. If you're scrolling through your WWE network, it's called the Big Show's Thanksgiving Celebration. And I knew when I saw that, I had to watch that segment. You know, full disclosure, we don't always watch every second of every episode of SmackDown we cover here. And we skip around and get all the, the taker bits and everything. But, you know, if there's some, if there's some you know, great matchup, we might go out of our way to watch that. Or some classic segment and... Boy, I think we found a hidden gem here with the Big Show's Thanksgiving celebration. So I don't know why this doesn't get celebrated throughout the ages. Man, do you remember this at all? I, I do remember it, and I also remember the other day when I was watching it, I specifically skipped over it <laughs> because I didn't want to watch it. So yes, I do recall. Well, uh, the Big Show is in the ring with this oh. giant Thanksgiving spread. He's in there with Joy Giovanni and Joy Giovanni's cleavage, which Who? is front and center. <laughs> uh, he's in there with massive tool Josh Matthews, uh, who's interviewing the world's largest vice principal himself. Big show in full Dwight Schrute, yellow shirt, <laughs> yellow pants, attire. and Mustard outfit. <laughs> Big Show takes this opportunity. I guess he's doing like an audition for a one-man show. He does some stand-up about uh, being a big, fat, hungry kid and how much he loves food. And Meanwhile, Taz and Cole are just like, just doing this terrible fake laughter after all his jokes on commentary. It's uh, atrocious. Uh, Big Show goes on and on. Yes. He brings the entire announce crew and the production staff from ringside into the ring to share in his Thanksgiving dinner that he's invited everyone to. Tony Chimmel. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Mark Yeaton, all, all the guys on the outside of the ring. He brings them in. But here comes, to spoil this moment, Principal Luther Reigns comes out. And I call him the principal because mm. he's got the full suit on, suit and tie, and he's jacked up. <laughs> It's about two sizes too small on him, uh, and he is in a bad mood, dude. He comes out, and he's angry because he never got to enjoy a Thanksgiving in his life. He spent his entire life locked down in prison with no family visiting him. Did it ever occur to you, Big Show, that not everybody feels the same way about Thanksgiving as you do? Me? I hate it. Because I never had no Thanksgiving. Every holiday I can remember was spent fighting, on the run, or in prison. Locked down 23 hours a day, seven days a week. You people have any idea what that's like? There's no celebrations. It's a war zone. Never had no family come and visit me. Never had no good food. 
Only food I ever had was the same bread and spoiled meat day in and day out. <laughs> it's like Oliver Twist. Or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. Spoiler alert! It's only gonna his backstory is only gonna get worse as we progress. So just stay tuned for the next few episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Debbie Downer still meat. Was he like mead and gruel? Yes, <laughs> he lived in 1830s England in an orphanage. <laughs> apparently, I'm please, sir. just one more biscuit, please, sir. Well, he enters the ring, and uh, he says, uh, you know, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving because the only person I need to thank is myself, and I already do that every day. Uh, I don't need to know about Luther Rain's thanking yeah. himself. <laughs> I did not need to hear about that. <laughs> but... Uh, so he enters the ring after saying that and demands Joy Giovanni. She pile on a plate uh, full of mashed potatoes and an extra turkey wing and asks for some peas because he says, I've had peas before. <laughs> so he's good with peas. <laughs> um, it's around spit out my <laughs> This is so bad. <laughs> While Joy is fixing his Thanksgiving plate, like a true servant uh, she is, Luther Rain's cream pies Joy in the face, takes a giant pie, <laughs> it sticks it in her face, man. <laughs> this really happened. This really happened. Oh my, my word. Oh. Well, you can imagine Big Show did not take too kindly to that, so mm. he... Just gives a super kick to uh, Luther right out of the ring as Mark Jindrak, uh, of all people, comes out and, and comes to Luther's aid. And then Taz just goes ahead and starts a giant food fight in the ring as all this is going down. And Big Show just <laughs> stands in the corner chuckling at everyone. And then Joy gives Big Show a cream pie of her own uh, and right to the face. And <laughs> he, he laughs it off, hugs her, and his music plays. And... <laughs> I cannot believe this aired on network television. (laughs) It's the big show. How terrible was that scene you just recounted for us? I didn't make any of that up. (laughs) It wasn't like a a dream or anything. Oh, it was. I need to hear something to wrestle with Bruce Prichard on this episode. Yes, I need an in-depth oral history of this moment because, like, in all seriousness, we all. Like everyone ribs on the old day segment from a couple of years ago, or the Bailey, this is your life segment is like the worst things to ever oh, hear yeah. on WWE television. I think it's just because it's 15 years old, but this goes right up against those. Like I cannot oh, believe yeah. this aired on television, man. That's rough, man. Golly, God bless you for watching that again. I like, encourage I... all our listeners to go check this out on the uh, Thanksgiving of. <laughs> Episode Watch it as a yearly tradition with your family to just we'll put, we'll be put it on social media. Oh, we will for sure. <laughs> just every week, retweet it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! How do we recover from that? I don't know I that don't we know. can. It's on you, buddy. Well, I don't know. I'll try, man. Let's go take us to SmackDown. Entering into the last month of the year of 2004, closing out the year is December 
second, excuse me, 2004, JBL and his full cabinet, you know, um, they're going to arrive right before the opening of the show. And Teddy Long's like, oh, play, you're cutting it a little, a little short there, a little close. <laughs> it's a good thing he wasn't the GM back when Austin was on TV right? because he was always late or take her back in the ministry days. He was always late. So um, anyway, but, uh, you know, he's, he's chastising JBL and says, you know, I can find you. And, and um, JBL winds up introducing us to his newest cabinet members, his co-secretaries of defense, the Basham brothers. <laughs> That's so, what their music sounded like, I believe. Yeah. Dude, their music it's seriously, it's like creator wrestler like Jim Johnson's it's like when Jim Johnson creates music and he creates a music that sucks and he knows he'll never use, he puts it all in a file and they just pull it out of there. We're like, This sucks. Let's use it for these guys. <laughs> That's exactly what it it's is. It's like sometimes B sides are B sides for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> they're because they're, they're not good. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, well, Teddy tells him, all right, cool, man. Nice to meet your new uh, co-secretaries. They're going to be in a tag team match tonight against Booker T and Eddie. And then uh, JBL goes to leave, but then Teddy stops him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, you know, and you and, and Orlando are going to be in a special handicap match. And uh, Orlando Jordan interrupts him. He's like, what, handicap match? And Teddy Long's like, handicap match? Yeah, I don't speak Ebonics, which is just like, whoa. <laughs> like, you yeah, you can't say that nowadays. But, um. He says, you know, fantastic. Uh, he says, you know, you guys are going to uh, go have a handicap match against The Undertaker. So uh, it is uh, them taking Undertaker in a two-on-one match tonight, and Teddy is just loving every minute of this. Dude, he's, he's getting tag team now. matches. He's getting Undertaker matches. What else What's do you need for Teddy Long? I know. Yeah, he's he's checked all the boxes. Teddy Long bingo, man. He's filled his card <laughs> up already at the beginning of the show. <laughs> well, um. Later on, Miss Undertaker, Michelle McCool, is helping uh, Booker T and Eddie Guerrero stretch in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So, that's real. Nice. How are those shoulders feeling? Getting loosened up a little bit? All right. Let's go ahead and take it down to that inner thigh stretch. Come on. Lunge it down. Inner thigh? Yeah. Just feel it right here in the inner thigh area. Real good stretch. Stretch Right in the groin area. There you go. Nice. Feel the burn. Yep. Yep. That was her... Her character her was basically like a yoga, yoga stretcher person. Like that was it. Like a whatever. Obviously, I don't know what those people are called. So I don't do that. Yoga stretcher people. <laughs> yeah, you guys got any of those yoga stretchers? Here this gym? So, yeah, <laughs> we've done a little DDP yoga in our time. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. I, uh, I own the whole whole set. So you did. anyway, um, it's just collecting dust in the cabinet, <laughs> in JBL's cabinet. So um, anyway, they um. They kind of have a little stare off, and she's like, you know, what's going on, guys? And she's, bless her heart, she's trying, and she's got that sweet little southern accent. It is nice to hear on, on the TV. But uh, Booker's like, you know, Eddie's jealous because he knows that I'm going to walk out of Armageddon with the title. And Eddie says that he's going to become champ since Booker always blows his chance at the big one. And, you know, Michelle McCool's like, I'm sensing some negative energy here, you know, guys. <laughs> Why don't we get a good stretch here and, you know, let's get, get, get negative energy out. And, they, you know, they start arguing, but she basically tells them, you know, let's stay together and keep your mind on, you know, on what's, what's coming. So, anyway, and also I wanted to mention, too, that I think Eddie was hanging out with Tommy Dreamer at this point because he is rocking the Armageddon pay-per-view shirt. He Just is. like we always talk about Tommy Dreamer. We always have one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently he must have lost his luggage the last two weeks because he had Teddy Long's jacket. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's t-shirt, man. <laughs> Poor Eddie. He's having a rough month. I know. 
He is, man. Rough. So <laughs> he's about um, to get the crap beat out of him in this match, too, in the in the Armageddon match, man. He takes a beating. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, he does. Well, Basham's come out like we said to that creative wrestler generic music. So, and they're facing Eddie and Booker, and JBL's on commentary during this, which is fantastic. Uh, he's he's great on commentary, and he's basically just berating Michael Cole the whole time, <laughs> which is awesome. Yep. Which is what he used to do when he wasn't a character; he was just himself yep. as a commentary host. Um, and uh, Taz yeah, is talking. teaming up with him too. They're just double teaming oh, Michael yeah. Cole. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's like exactly what they do like in the locker room. Yes. On live TV or not, well, on tape TV. Yeah. And he tells, you know, Michael Cole to call the Wambulance, which is a great line from uh, Robbie from uh, Joe Dirt. So, why don't you call Wambulance when Michael Cole's complaining about Booker getting screwed and stuff? And it's just great, man. He's uh, JBL does put over the Bashams as the greatest tag team in WWE history. He says, forget the Road Warriors. Forget the New Age Outlaws. Heck, even forget the APA, which I can't. I can't. No, you know who can't I have get on board with that. To bash them. Yes. <laughs> I can forget them. I forget yeah. them every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, it is another funny moment is that JBL's like, what is Eddie doing coming out here in a car? How stupid is that? He's riding out here in a car. But it's kind of funny because Cole's like, how is it any different from riding out in a limo? And this is wrestling. You come out here, you, you do your gig in the ring. Right. That is why you become champion or not champion. You want to know why he is not champion? Stand right there, Michael Cole. He turns more and more like coming out here, taking that Phoenix car, making it into some little low-riding everything. It is absolutely so, so, ridiculous, Michael Cole. So what do you call driving out here in a white limousine with a bunch of bullhorns on it? Oh, what, do you, what do you call that? I call it class. Yeah, it's a limousine. I call it nothing but class. I don't turn some finished car into a jelly bean. <laughs> All I know is this. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? Well, I believe Booker T had to be in Survivor Series. I also believe Eddie Guerrero should still be WWE Champion because he had to beat the steel cage match before Kurt Angle got involved back over the summer. What do you have to say? It is funny, man. So anyway, the match is what it is, and JBL says that his uh, stakes his claims for victory over Armageddon. He says, you know, regardless of what's going to happen, you know, I'm going to win, and it uh, doesn't matter, you know, outside interference or not. But he does put his opponents over, which again I've mentioned that a couple times here, and it's really good because you want to put your opponents over so that when you beat them, you beat somebody. Mm-hmm. You, and I know Jericho recently talked about this on his podcast about how he was calling when he first debuted in WWE. He was talking about how the um, British Bulldog, or no, maybe it was WCW. Anyway, he's talking about how British Bulldog was old and he was, you know, out of shape and blah, blah, blah. And then British Bulldog was like, what are you doing, man? If you beat me, you're not going to beat anybody. But now, but now you're not going to beat me. So it's like, then an old man beat you. So it's like, yeah. And Jericho's like, yeah, I learned my lesson that night. Like, I think it was WWE when he first debuted. So anyway, he's like, yeah, you got to put your opponent over. So when you beat him, you beat somebody, yeah. you know? And it makes total sense. Just, yeah. You don't see enough of that nowadays. It you sucks. Don't. But anyway, of course, the match breaks down, and Eddie and Booker argue because this is the way that wrestling goes. And the Bastions pick up a win over Eddie. I think that one of them does like the roll up with his feet on the ropes or something. So anyway, after that, JBL sneaks in and clo- hits a clothesline <clears throat> from hell on Eddie and hits one on Booker. And then the cabinet stands tall in the ring, uh, you know, showing off. And later on, you know, again, JBL is going to, and Orlando Jordan are going to supposed to take on Taker in the main event. So later on, the Longhorn Limbo comes out, and they're out there, and Amy Weber's with them, and 
she, uh, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, Michael Cole tells us that the Bashams have been banned from ringside for this match, according Ooh. to Teddy Long. Yeah. Ooh, scary. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go on here, and Taker's going to come out. He takes 41 minutes to get to the ring like he has been. But, again, it's always great to see um, – it is astonishing to me how on his tape show they still show his entire <laughs> entrance. Like they Full always on. make room for his entrance. Oh on yeah, the show. <laughs> yeah. Again, this match is what it is. Uh, in my opinion, OJ gets way too much offense. Um, I don't know why Taker felt the need to put this guy over, but I guess he did. So um, he winds up goozling both of them in the middle of the ring at the end, and JBL is going to kick Taker in the old Death Valley area and cause a DQ, which means Taker wins. So, Taker was doing work here, man. He was uh, really doing a good job and trying to put, especially Orlando Jordan over. He doesn't need to put yeah. JBL over, but he's trying to get the rub to this kid. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then after the match is where the shenanigans really get down there. And so we um, see them trying to double team him. And, of course, Super Taker fights back and choke slams Orlando Jordan. And he gets uh, JBL up for a tombstone, but he slips out as the Bashams come in to make the save. And, JBL hits a big boot on him, but Taker winds up doing the old zombie sit-up. Sits right up, and JBL hits a clothesline from hell, and Taker kind of struggles a little bit, but he sits up again. And then JBL describes his WWE title belt and just hits Taker with it, and then starts just laying into him in the corner like with punches. And I'll be honest, man, these look like potatoes. Like They look like mm. legit punches. I, mean, I don't think they were because Taker would on that slide, but... They were really good working punches. I will say this. Yeah. Really good working punches. Cause, and the whole time he's punching Taker in the face, he's like, this belongs to me. This belongs to me. So um, really putting Taker on a pedestal here as far as the number one challenger for this title, in my opinion. The last oh, yeah. two weeks, he's at the end of the show with JBL. So, Yeah, Booker and but Eddie. But it was a really good segment, <coughs> in my Excuse opinion, me. at the end there. Yeah, I know. I thought it was good too. Um, I thought it made me want to see JBL versus Undertaker. Not so much this fatal four way yeah. match. Like they're kind of yeah, Eddie and Booker kind of afterthoughts here. It seems like they should be facing the Bastion brothers, and we should get JBL and Undertaker right. again. Uh, but you know, it is what it is, and uh, it's a unique match, sure. Uh, and they do a little better job of getting everybody into the mix on this go home episode of SmackDown on December 9th, two thousand four, from Greenville. South Carolina, uh, city near and dear to my wife's family's heart. So, uh, fun thing to note on there. The cabinet are opening things up in the ring. The full cabinet and JBL, you know, he hits the typical beats of all his promos about being the greatest champion ever, beating everybody, being better than all the legends in WWE history, blah, 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 blah. And, uh calls Theodore Arlong a piece of human garbage, the reason that affirmative action has not nor will ever work. So, he's in a yeah, full-on uh, full politician mode here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, ends yeah. up getting assaulted for his actions and comments by our man, The Undertaker, <laughs> here who appears out of nowhere, thankfully, and hands out some choke slams to the Bastion Brothers and sends JBL and Orlando Jordan packing here tonight. So we find out that the main event is going to be another handicap match here, but a little bit different. It's going to be three on four with the entire cabinet, uh, sans Amy Weber, uh, versus Undertaker, Booker, and Eddie. So four on three in that main event. So that's a unique matchup there for you as well. Uh, we go backstage after that to see 
JBL complaining to Teddy Long, as he typically does. But his complaints backfire <laughs> on him because Teddy Long just gets mad about it and ends up banning the cabinet from ringside at Armageddon. So nobody is allowed to interfere in that match. Nobody in JBL's cabinet, that is. And if they make their way down, then they will. Uh, Teddy will strip JBL of the WWE Championship. So an extra added stipulation to continue to stack the odds against JBL and make you think, oh, can he ever escape those odds? And go ahead. Yeah, and I like that too because, uh, again, when he's fought, his wins over Eddie Booker and, and and Taker have all been by shenanigans. You know, he hasn't really beat him clean. So that's it's really cool storytelling here amidst some of this crap we're talking about. It really is cool, um, I don't know, storytelling. Like I, I, I do like that, you know. I agree. Even though he's the heel getting the decks act against him, it makes sense at this point because it's been like, oh, what, yeah. six months of him cheating his way to wins? Yeah. I do appreciate it. It's it's nice, you know. They're tying in everything from the past six months into this. Yeah. It's a good, uh, cool little touch. Uh, the Bashams interrupt all this happening and tell JBL like, there's been a security breach. So they're doing their job as the secretaries of defense, I guess, alerting yeah. them of that. But they did not protect JBL's limo uh, because they we see that all the wheels have been stolen off of his limo. It's been jacked up on cinder blocks and. <laughs> As you can imagine, it was Eddie Guerrero who comes out to the ring and the arena. He's rolling a tire out to the ring and he makes fun of JBL. And JBL is backstage. He just starts pouting and then just gets into the limo and closes the door anyway and slams the door. That I love that. He just climbed in. This limo is up on like cinder blocks. He climbs in and just slams the door. It's he's, so funny, man. He's going to have a uh, hissy fit about it. So. Uh, backstage, Booker T is getting stretched out by Michelle McCool. Watch out there, Booker. And uh, it finds out that he yeah. he stole something from JBL earlier as well. His cowboy hat, which JBL was not watching. And he's made some modifications to it and puts it on his head with a giant hole cut out of the top of it and puts his hair through it. <laughs> yes. Scotty Too Hotty style. So <laughs> everybody's getting something over on JBL. Uh, someone who was not getting over, though, was our old buddy Heidenreich. Uh, because we get a scene that is just as ridiculous as anything we talked about in the big show's Thanksgiving family reunion. He's in his bed in the insane asylum. And somehow we've got cameras in there, which has got to be against the law in some, right. some way. But it's a miracle, Travis. Heidenreich's not wearing his gear. No, are we sure of that? Is it not underneath the rest of his clothes? We no, don't know. he's got something on top of it. <laughs> That's true, I know. He could be like a never-nude, like Tobias Funkay. I think he clearly have is. His wrestling yeah. gear on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a clock ticking in his room. Tick-tock, tick-tock. And as we zoom in on Heidenreich, this is like seeing Ultimate Warrior in the mirror level stupid. We start hearing yes. the clock getting louder, <laughs> like... going off in his head and then we zoom back out and we see Paul Heyman 
in the in the room with Heidenreich, giving him his medication and says, John, your your therapy is over. You can you can come back to SmackDown with me. You're allowed to you're allowed to come out and Heidenreich says to just leave him there. I'm happy here. They like me here. Out there they don't like me. No one likes me on SmackDown and Paul Heyman protests and says, Come on, I can get you out. Agreed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Heidenreich promises that he's not coming back and if only that were the case, Travis. Yeah, well he and he specifically says, I'm not coming back, not now, not never. Which I was like, Yes, great. But then I got to thinking, not never is a double <laughs> negative. So that means he is coming back. <laughs> You're giving Thank him way clever, too much credit. Cle- I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I was excited for about two seconds. So I'm like, dang it, I remember what's happening. So. Oh yes, there's the tease for the Armageddon main event. But first we got to do the SmackDown main event, four on three handicap match. Uh, Eddie rolls out in a, in a lowrider truck that's got all of JBL's tires piled up in the back of it, which is a nice little funny <laughs> yeah. chuck, touch. Uh, Booker does not wear the cowboy hat out to the ring, though, which that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, no. um, you know, this is about what you could expect here. Uh, Taker eats up another good chunk of time with his entrance. Um, JBL uh, and his cabinet doing some sneaky stuff. Uh, Booker and Eddie do most of the work for their team. Uh, Taker doesn't tag in till the very end, which you can imagine gets the hot tag here. The tag team specialist. Yeah. And he comes in like a house of fire, runs wild on Orlando and on the Bashams, hitting all his stuff. Uh, JBL tries to run in and use the title, but misses and gets left alone in the ring with Taker, Booker, and Eddie. And they just take turns laying shots in on JBL. And the ref is just allowing this blatant cheating to happen right mm-hmm. in front of his eyes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, everybody hits their finishers. Booker hits a scissor kick. Eddie hits a frog splash. And... Undertaker, the legal man, ends up hitting a tombstone on Orlando Jordan to pick up the win, heading into the pay-per-view here. Uh, he stares down JBL in the aisleway, and uh, <laughs> JBL, his belt is still sitting there in the ring, and he goes to the ring, he's like asking the guys to toss the belt to him, and they just look at him, and he just has to yeah. back off as his <laughs> opponents stare him down. And it's a nice little way to, to build to this main event. Um, I gotta call out Michael Cole on commentary, though, because at one point... He was taking JBL to task for having this cabinet who protects him and cheats for him. And he's like, none of these other guys ever had a cabinet. Eddie Guerrero never had a cabinet. Undertaker never had a cabinet. And I was like, are you kidding me? He had the freaking Ministry yeah. of Darkness, you moron. <laughs> yes. He had 12 people protecting him. <laughs> and Vince McMahon. Uh, yes. Yeah, and then uh, Eddie Guerrero had the Radicals. I mean, that's all they did. Uh, oh, that's true, too. Okay, yeah. man. That's true. Uh, I guess yeah. Booker T just had Stevie Ray uh, and Sister Booker's... Sherry. Yeah, Although he, exactly. he had the, the oh, Alliance. Yeah, uh, Misfits in action. <laughs> oh, yeah, had them, too. And the Alliance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They've literally all had cabinets. God dang it. Michael Cole. <laughs> Come on, man. You're an investigative oh, journalist. Man. You should know better. <laughs> Supposed to be, <laughs> supposed to be. But uh, oh man, you know, man, I don't know. What what are you kind of feeling with this Fatal Four Way, man? Do you remember being hyped for this, or just like I mean, it's four guys that are awesome, but it's just like it's not quite clicking for me. Yeah, well, I think it's because I don't know. Like those are the four main guys, and then you got Cena and Angle, 
And other than that, that's all the star power on on uh, SmackDown, really. Because what's Ray doing at this point? Is he tagging with Van Dam? But there's kind of interactive. There's just a lot of J Bros. There's like these main event, these four main event guys. Anyway, it's just like you put you stick all these guys in the main event, and it's awesome. But you know the rest of the card is going to suck. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just I, now I do like like again I do like the way the story has played out over the last six months, and we're all culminating here. I, like to me, that's old NWA style stuff. Like that's old. Even WCW, I like that long term storytelling how it's culminating. But um, you could see that underneath this. John Cena is bubbling up to the top. You know, you can see it, you can smell it from a mile away. You know, and uh, so it's just, it's just this match is kind of there, and I've never seen it. As we're going to get into it in just a minute. So. Yeah, that's my main thing with it too. Is like you, these four guys are awesome. There is a lot of star power here. It, it makes sense. Like the logic for the storyline is there. But on one hand, they've almost gone too over the top with it, where you're like, yeah, they're. They're making it so obvious that JBL is gonna win, like right. that they kind of hitting you over the head with that if you've ever watched wrestling before, which is okay. Yes. Like I'm, I'm, that doesn't bother me so much. But as you mentioned, John Cena, like even back then, he he's on the undercard, he's U.S. champion, but you could just see it already. Uh, I think I mean I'm sure people were writing about it online already, but you could you could tell already that. That's where we're headed. Was Cena was going to be the guy to dethrone JBL? Mm-hmm. That that was probably going to be the Mania main event, and he was the one that, that was going to uh, get that big push. And so, I mean, Undertaker, Booker T, Eddie, all former champions, all awesome. But there was really no drama here. Like there was no no chance any right. of those guys were actually going to win. Like you probably get a good match, but you didn't actually expect JBL to lose the title. So there's none of right. that, which means that. You know, there's not as much incentive to purchase this pay-per-view or, for us, drive two hours to go see it. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we're at Armageddon 04. This is uh, December 12th, 04. And as I was researching, I was like, this is in the Gwinnett Center in Atlanta, dude. Like, why in the heck are we not there? And then I looked at the card, and I was like, oh, no wonder we're not there. <laughs> it sucks. Like, this show blows, it's man. It's not like, good. Aside from this main event, it's not – like, there's nothing to talk about. Like, it is so – Oh, bad. And, um, yeah, it's just, it sucks. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, we could have driven two hours to get there and been there. And like, we were there a, what, a year? No, a, year a couple months before? before. No, a year ahead. Yeah, a year before. We talked about that already on the show. Uh, but yeah, we didn't make that trek at this point. I yeah. Mean, you got like we're WrestleMania 20. I was like, yeah, we went to that. Do we really want to go see the Dixie dog fight between The Miz and Daniel Pewter? Oh my word! Don't remind me, golly. But that being said, there are some fun things to talk about on this show. One being the really cool opening with that return of that the Indonesia song. So that's always good to throw on your December pay per view. I guess that's where it always winds up being. So I wish they bring that back for they they had used it in a long time, have they? I don't think they had. It'd be kind of cool if they actually used it nowadays. Yeah. Even though they used it a million times back yeah. then. But, you know, also on just your December pay-per-view, you got to have Kurt Angle versus Santa Claus on there, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angle's in the middle of his um his uh, open challenge stuff. And too bad it wasn't Santa Claus. Like, balls behind That would have been better. Be great. And, and you, Although and I do think, did they wrestle in ECW? They he was in ECW for a minute. Probably did. did. Probably did. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Oh, man. I can't wait to talk about balls. We do our ECW episode. Mahoney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and on Christmas, you also got to have John Cena versus Jesus, too. Also on the uh, Armageddon card. Yeah, he's taking on. Uh, I looked at the guy. I was like, "Why is he fighting Jesus?" And I was like, "Oh, wait, man, that's that guy, Jesus." Jesus. <laughs> I was like, "I thought he was a baby face." Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> John Cena's fighting Jesus on his birthday. Like, what the heck, dude? Jesus like, uh, and that's Santa heel. Claus. But anyway. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that Jesus guy, man. Like, I literally do not remember him existing on in my brain. Like, I was he even on a video game? I don't think Did he was. He even make no, a video game? I don't think so. Dude, I they must have hired him just for this month because Carlito was hurt. Like <laughs> he got hired a guy on the street to take his place and put him on a card and then let's see him just mow through him. Because it is just this guy sucks too, man. And I will just backtrack for a second. We'll get to take him in a second. But like you mentioned you could see Cena bubbling up underneath. Like you you know he's the guy. You also Randy Orton's already won the title. You know, you know, you can smell Batista getting that push too. Like, look at the difference between those three guys, and then Jesus, uh, <laughs> Luther Reigns, Mark Jindrak, Kenzo Suzuki. You know, I mean, seriously, like, look at all these other just run of the mill Heidenreich, Nathan Jones. Look at all these other guys that keep coming in. But then, like, there's just something they just don't have it. And when you look at Cena and you hear Cena, he's got it. Batista. Even though he was old at this point when he started wrestling, like he still had it, man. Like he drew you in. Randy Orton, as much as I like couldn't stand him, like he drew me in, man. Like he had something you could tell. Like and it's just they stand out so far above the rest of these early two thousand, mid two thousand guys. Like this none of those guys are ever invited back for Raw reunions or SmackDown reunions. Seriously. Mm, wow. None of those guys I just named ever are. Really? Yeah. None of them. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great way to sum it up. Boogeyman's the only one. And how you know crazy why? is that? A gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, he's entertaining. And, you, know? you know, there's a reason why you'll notice we keep saying, "Who is this guy? I don't remember this guy. Was this guy around that much?" Yeah. Like, there's you can see this right. pattern on SmackDown, and you just you just brought it all up. Yeah. There. That's why this stuff. It's, it's not all that memorable and it has not aged well. And 2004 has just been kind of a – you've just seen this sharp decline in the quality of SmackDown uh, as we've been talking mm-hmm. about it here uh, throughout this year. But uh, thankfully we do have something fun to talk about in this main event at least. Yeah. Uh, and a couple fun segments throughout the night as well. So we see uh, – Eddie and Booker T, they, they've had a bunch of segments the past few weeks, and they got another one yeah. hanging out backstage. They're talking about the match and talking about how you know they could have to they could pin each other to to win the title tonight. They don't have to pin JBL, uh, but then uh, they remember that they got one more guy in their match tonight. As Eddie Guerrero gives the Undertaker my new favorite nickname. You, you know, man, we're forgetting something. It's not about JBL tonight, man. We got a bigger obstacle. What's that, man? You forgot? El hombre muerto. Who? Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) El hombre muerto. The Undertaker. I can't believe he said (laughs) that. Me too. I know. I want to only refer to him as that from now on. (laughs) Just change the name of the show. 
So. Yeah. Oh well, uh, Eddie recommends that Booker T take out El Hombre Muerto tonight, and Eddie Eddie go focus on JBL, and <laughs> Booker's like, "Wait a second, I don't like that play. Maybe we should work together." And then from out of the shadows, El Hombre Muerto uh, sneaks up on these guys and creeps up on them as they're talking in the locker room, and Booker and Eddie start to realize it and get a little nervous and turn around and. Undertaker just kind of gives him a look and brushes by him, walks through him, bumps Eddie in the shoulder as he walks by. <laughs> then Eddie and Booker start arguing again, like, man, it's your fault, man. You, should, you shouldn't you should have said that about Undertaker yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's really, it, it's it, me describing it might not be that funny, but those guys, God, man, just, I think everyone says this about Eddie Guerrero when you watch it back, but just he had something that so few people have his, his charisma, his ability to pull this stuff off. I mean, he's Booker T's great. And Eddie Guerrero's you know, well, better, yeah. better than Booker T at it. Uh, but they're both playing off each other. And I don't want to be the guy that says uh, all the new guys suck and can't, can't hack it. But man, these guys, they were, they were classic, man. They, they could pull a segment like this off and just make it work and make it be funny. And uh, to which a lot of guys oh, cannot yeah. do. And Undertaker was, uh, very funny with his silence and <laughs> not saying anything and just appearing in this segment, which yeah. he, he didn't do very he, much of. He's, he said so much, like, what's that, Allison Krauss? You saying, you said, we said nothing at all. Like, yes. He said nothing at all. But uh, he came in there and, like, it's really weird because we haven't seen Taker backstage, not like in a vignette or something with, like, with since he came back as, the, as El Hombre Muerto, you know? We haven't seen him in anything backstage. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. But anyway, um, so this was kind of rare, and it was very different. Um, but I liked it. I mean, I kinda, it gave him a new little twist in his, his character yeah. that he can actually have a little bit of personality. You know, he's not we, – we talked about since he's come back, he's kind of mar- marrying the biker taker and – the old Umbo Marto together and kind of making this new concoction, you know, and it's, it's kind of a, it's in flux, you know, it's very fluid. His character is. So he's adding more little pieces to it. So I like that. But anyway, get a good video package for the main event and the end of this here song. And again, it just shows the last six months of devastation as JBL's eked out win over win over win over these guys and very shenanigans in his cabinet and all that kind of stuff. And we get that, Really cool video. And then another really neat scene I really liked that kind of put over how important this match is to JBL and to his title reign. And that he um, is basically in his locker room and he's like staring at his title and kissing it goodbye. And the Bashams come in and shake his hand. And Amy Weber, you know, says, you know, I'll be your image consultant no matter what. It doesn't matter what happens. And Orlando Jordan comes and shakes his hand. And JBL's like, you know, you, you, you've been with me since the beginning, you know, so. Appreciate it, and the, it's really, it's really like it's subtly comical this whole thing, but like it really does put over that he's you know, like the impending doom of him losing his title tonight. So I really did, I really did like the attention to detail there. So yeah. selling that tough hill he's got to climb to win. You know, the deck is stacked against the heel here. So yeah, like I said earlier, it's it's almost a little too over the top. Like okay, we it's yeah. pretty clear that JBL is not gonna lose, but yeah. oh yeah. It's so well done, and you know, I'm fine with it. And uh, it is it is a nice little touch, but it, it makes the match seem even more important as we see JBL walking the whole length of backstage uh, into the arena as his music starts playing, and he comes out to the ring first with no mic, uh, excuse me, no Longhorn limo, no cabinet with him at all, and he's got a very nervous, scared, 
panicked, paranoid look on his face as he walks into the arena out first. Yep, he's out first, and Cole even mentions that he's not even smiling. So um, Booker T comes out next, and Michael Cole mentions, like, you know, Booker's done well in Atlanta. You're talking about his WCW days here, and Eddie comes out next, and they Beautiful lowrider, man. Candy Apple Red, man. This lowrider was sick looking. I love it. So, His car game was on point and, uh, this month. <laughs> it was. He's also done well in Atlanta, but uh, Idiot Cole did not uh, you know, acknowledge that. But um, anyway, JBL's eyeing that title like he you know, he knows he's losing it. And then Taker's music comes and the lights go out and he's coming out. And really, really good Atlanta welcome and ovation for Taker here. I really liked it, so... They were excited to see the deal. Hombre, mur- hombre muerto. Sorry. <laughs> si, senor. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what's really neat about this? And it just kind of occurred to me as I was watching this is that all four of these guys are from Texas. Uh, all four of them. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool, man. I didn't pick up on Texas that. Texas tornado match. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was kind of neat, man. Like, when's yeah. the last time you have four guys in Texas in the main event? So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, just nowadays. a little fun fact for you. It's hard. You hardly ever have two Americans. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, which I love. I mean, I love how international WWE is, but to have four guys from the same state—that's pretty, pretty rare. Right. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, this is the main event here. We got Cole and Taz on commentary, as you mentioned, and uh, JBL is on the outside of the ring as his three opponents are on the inside, and he's really selling this man. His performance is really great here. He's. Uh, kissing the belt goodbye, gives it a big long kiss and hands it to Brian Hebner in the ring. And uh, JBL's screaming at Hebner that this is not fair. And Brian Hebner is telling him, It's not my fault, man. I'm just a ref. I can't do anything about it. And, uh, Brian Hebner rings the bell and JBL bails out of the ring immediately. Uh, so the other three guys in the ring are, are giving him a look. And Undertaker, the cagey old veteran, man, he's like, don't have to beat JBL. I can beat either one of you guys and attacks Eddie Guerrero and Booker T to start things off. Yeah, man. He just immediately takes it to both of them. He's like, forget it. I'll just pin one of these dudes and win the title. So whatever. I don't have to pin JBL. So anyway, he starts booting Taker and then JBL, uh, or excuse me, he hits a big boot on, on Booker T. Sorry. And uh, JBL sneaks in and goes for the cover and Taker breaks it up and um, stalks JBL outside the ring and JBL well, slides, and, slides in and now he's when oh, uh, when JBL makes that cover on Booker T, he gets about a ten count on Booker T. Man, he should have won the match right here because he is on That's Booker true, T yeah. forever before Brian Hebner notices and finally turns around to start counting and Booker T kicks out. And you know JBL's been screwing people over the past few months, but he he definitely got screwed over here, dude. He should have won the title right there. He, he did. I forgot about that little note. Yeah, it it was really. Weird, like it was kind of awkward. Booker Price should have just kicked out already, or yeah. something. But yeah, it was. Uh, there was a little sloppiness here at the beginning, and, and they may have used that later on in the storytelling. I don't know if they did or not, but because we're not going to really focus on JBL after this. But um, like I was mentioning, JBL gets caught in between all three of them and bounced around. You know, kind of ping pongs, getting punched in the face by all of them, and um, that's going to lead Taker going for a quick cover. But it's going to be broken up by Booker and Eddie. Yeah, Booker and Eddie uh, break that up. And Taker fights back. Uh, Booker and Eddie kind of work over Undertaker's knees and, and start uh, uh, working him over. And kind of um, their little teamwork over the past few weeks is kind of paying off for, for Booker and Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting. The crowd kind of boos them a little bit. They seem to be really favoring Undertaker at the beginning. And 
you know, <clears throat> the first few minutes of this match is kind of generic, fatal four-way stuff. Uh, everybody's kind of trading off. JBL uh, is playing the heel here against three baby faces, so he'll pop in at times and sneak attack people, and uh, then he'll get double-teamed and triple-teamed by everybody, and then... Undertaker's trying to get in the ring, interestingly, and Booker T keeps knocking him off the apron repeatedly with a Harlem sidekick yeah. every time he tries to get in the ring. So it's a good strategy. Man, Booker T is on it with the Harlem sidekick Dude. tonight. Man, he, that is his weapon of choice for this match. Like, yeah. What, a super kick party? We're going to have a Harlem sidekick party tonight. Dude. He is spamming <laughs> it, man. Oh, yeah. Talked about uh, the other week about slamming the buttons on the controller when you're playing. That's what Booker's doing. He just got his finisher <laughs> saved up, and he's waiting to hit that signature. So, anyway, he hits a side slam on JBL. Then another little bit of teamwork here. Eddie hits that helo over the top rope, and they, um, you know, like I said, teaming up. And, they, again, like you said, they keep kind of pulling each other off the pin and, and having words. And JBL winds up rolling Booker up, and Taker gets back in the ring and breaks that up, and he winds up taking on Booker and Eddie in the corners, and he uh, side slams JBL and uh, then tosses him over the top rope, and then DDT's Booker, and then JBL breaks with the pin and tries to get one of his own, and then Taker's going to punch JBL in the face, and then <laughs> they're on the steps, and then he winds up punching, yeah, and and then they want to punch him in the face, and they're kind of on the outside now, so... Eddie's going to interject himself in soon. Yeah, he jumps on Taker's back and locks in a sleeper hold on Andre Taker. <laughs> and Taker's having none of that, man. Taker, Taker really didn't let Eddie Guerrero get a lot of offense in on him in this match. That's one thing I mm-hmm. noticed. Like Every time Eddie would go for something, Taker would just nope him. And he just mm-hmm. nopes Eddie Guerrero onto the ground, flips him hard onto the mat. But uh, Booker T comes right after Taker, and Taker has none of that either, and sends Booker T into the crowd, and uh, that allows JBL to get a thumb to the eye on Taker and uh, and uh, start working him over and starts tearing apart the announce table, and JBL starts to go for a powerbomb, but Undertaker back body drops him right onto the mat, and you know that's got to hurt. That never feels good. Yeah. Oh, it looks awful when the big guy takes that bump, but... Anyway, Eddie and Taker wind up in the ring alone, and Eddie's kind of he's begging off doing that perfect Eddie Guerrero stuff, you know. And Taker's hitting some corner offense and intimidating the ref, and gets a huge back body drop on Eddie, and Eddie gets the ropes when he you know gets covered for the pinfall, and then Taker's working over Booker but misses that boot in the corner, and JBL sneaks in. That's kind of the story of the match, you know. Um, JBL getting sneaky and kind of getting beat up on, like you like like you mentioned earlier. So he hits a swing and neck breaker for an actual wrestling move. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, Undertaker tries to do old school on Booker T, but uh, Eddie breaks it up. Taker boots Eddie down, hits the old school, and then hits our new favorite move, the PTO on Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> yes. Or excuse me, on Booker T, but Eddie pops up and starts throwing hands with the dead man. Bradshaw gets in there. He's cheating. He's using the wrist tape to try to choke out Booker T and uh, all of a sudden, Eddie Guerrero goes to the outside and brings a ladder out from under the ring. So things are starting to get crazy out in here. Yeah, you see the crowd get on their feet, and then the camera pans to see Eddie getting the ladder out. And he actually comes in and hits Taker with it and then puts it up in the ring. And JBL grabs his WWE title and brings it in the ring as well. We've seen him use that against all three of these guys, yeah. as I believe, in yeah. the past. And then Booker T... I, my notes I wrote Taker, but Booker T hits a Harlem sidekick to JBL, then one to Eddie, and then one to Taker. That actually knocks Taker over the top rope, man. He just 
butt over tea kettle, just over the top rope, man. It's great. And then he scissor kicks Booker, scissor kicks Eddie, and goes for the cover. But Eddie kicks out at two point five, and the crowd at this point is into this part right here. Yes. This is when stuff picks up. It really does. Business starts to pick up here. Everybody goes to the outside, and JBL all of a sudden uh, goes to powerbomb Booker T through the announce table. But he's, <laughs> I don't know which one of these guys is, is tired. Maybe they both are, but it's this weak powerbomb, and Booker T barely lands on the table. So uh, JBL's like, screw it. He jumps on a chair, one of the announce chairs, and hops off of that, hits an elbow drop, through the table yeah. on Booker T, man. I love it. I'm glad Dude. he didn't just do another power bomb. He's just like, nope, I'm doing something else. Yeah, I, man, I love that. He just, you could watch him improvise and you watch it click in his mind. He's like, chair right here, boom, elbow dry. I love that he did that. It's great work from JBL, man. He's a veteran at this point, you know. He's, he knows what he's oh, doing. Yeah. So, no doubt. Um, I think what happened with that power bomb is when I went back and watched it again, is when he put the power bomb Booker, his leg got caught in the like, TV cable uh, or whatever, okay. and I yeah. think that kind of stops his momentum. But yeah, I was like, yeah, so or man, and they could have just been lethargic or you know, I don't know. But like that definitely didn't help his leg getting caught in that too. So, but yeah, it definitely looked kind of sad. But like that JBL just powers through and hits the elbow, which I've never seen him do. But and then he doesn't get long to st- to bask in his glory because Taker's going to pick him up and hit a last ride on JBL through the Spanish announce table, which is awesome. So. Yeah, we basically got like a TLC match going on right now. Tables yeah. and ladders and uh, championships. No chairs, but we got the championship. There you <laughs> go. uh, and uh, it's it's all it's all action uh, from here on out here towards the finish. Yeah. As uh, Eddie, he we see him uh, playing possum in the ring, doing the old lie cheat and steal thing. He kind of he looks up over at Taker and then mm-hmm. plays dead for a second and tricks Taker. Uh, Taker turns his attention to Eddie and. Goes for a tombstone, but Eddie wiggles out. But the uh, it doesn't last long. Cause like I said, and Taker's like, nope, nope. Just picks Eddie up for a choke slam. After that, he's not gonna <laughs> let him do it that easily. Uh, but here's where it gets good. Eddie does get one over on Taker because Taker goes for the last ride and sort of like Triple H in that uh, WrestleMania X7 match. Eddie grabs a championship belt instead of a sledgehammer as he's going up for the last ride and. Slams it into Taker as he's going down and gets the advantage yeah. on him. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see that. And then, because that timing, you got to time that perfectly. And then Eddie hits a frog splash, and he's not done. He goes up and hits a second frog splash. Yes. The crowd is just into it. You know, it's that awesome. Was awesome. To, Has he ever yeah, done that? I don't remember that. I don't ever. know, man. I don't remember that. But he knows he's got Taker he's taken down. You know, yeah. so he's got to do more than one. So it was really cool. And. It doesn't last long because Taker kicks out at two and then he sits up. So two frog splashes. But the crowd's Eddie losing it, it. The crowd man. is on their feet. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they love that. That false finish was fantastic, man. It was really good. And then Taker goes to Eddie and Eddie actually gives him a uh, like a reverse kick, like milk kick, Death Valley blow, like Ric Flair used to do. And mm-hmm. Eddie grabs that ladder and sets it up and clowns on top of the ladder as the crowd's chanting, Eddie, Eddie. Yes, dude. And he Hits a frog splash off the ladder onto The Undertaker, man. Just insane to see. Man, this little three minutes of Eddie and Undertaker just made me so, so sad that we never got a full-on program with those guys. It could have been awesome. But uh, we'll savor this moment as they last. Um, 
So Eddie hits that frog splash, and he comes down hard, hits his hits his leg or his thigh or something. So he's selling that, selling the frog splash, and can't make the cover fast enough. But he does finally cover him. And when he gets to two, JBL pulls the referee out of the ring, uh, screws Eddie over on that victory. Eddie slams the ladder, as you hear, <laughs> hear my dogs barking. They're upset about that, too. But uh, <laughs> Eddie slams the ladder into Taker and knocks him out of the ring. And JBL <laughs> runs in, runs straight into the ladder, and gets three amigos from Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Taker spill over the top rope as much as I have in this match. Yeah, man. He's selling <laughs> he for these guys. But, um, yeah, he is, man. He is. And uh, Booker t- breaks up the pinfall after the three amigos and hits his scissor kick JBL. Taker breaks up that pinfall. They're all four in the ring. Taker's going to hit the old classics here. we got the snake eyes, the big boot, the leg drop to Eddie. Booker T breaks up that pin. Taker's going to go on a roll here and chokeslam Booker T. Choke slam Eddie, choke slam JBL. Boom, it's throat slash time. Picks up JBL on the tombstone. We think the end is coming. Oh, yeah. The end is here. Yeah, the end of this match being awesome because out of nowhere, <laughs> straight from the insane asylum, comes Heidenreich. And what's he wearing, Travis? His wrestling gear. He's ready to go. Oh, my word. Do you think he ever washes it? I guess when checked out, they gave it back to him. No. <laughs> no. No, never. Never takes it off. Golly. No. Well, he attacks and Undertaker. Ross never invited back for Raw reunions. Yeah, John Heidenreich. <laughs> well, he attacks Undertaker and drops some elbows on him, and you can just hear the crowd groaning, man. Like, they... Hot, they were mm-hmm. into this match, they were chanting for everybody, and they this just completely deflates them. They're not booing, they're not mad, they're just like, God dang it, mm-hmm. this is this sucks. Yeah, um, he hits a sidewalk slam as the crowd just has the air taken completely out of him. And JBL goes to cover Booker T. JBL being a heel, he's just gonna live off of the beatings that Undertaker gave all these guys, so he yes. goes to cover Booker T. Nope, too late. Two count. Booker kicks out. He goes to cover Eddie. Nope, too late. <laughs> two count. And then he rolls over to go pin Undertaker, but Undertaker just sits up and stares at him, which was nice. Got a little pop out of the crowd. Yeah. It was cool. And so but JBL no, it can't last away. No, yeah, it can't last. JBL slides away in fear at that point. And then Heidenreich's going to pull Taker out and get him in the Cobra clutch, I guess. He's trying that on the outside, and um, I guess he's going to go with that for a new move. I don't remember him using that last month's build and everything, but anyway, and then at this point, JBL in the ring hits a clothesline from hell on Booker T that the camera completely flubs and misses. All you see is him cover Booker T in the ring and he's going to get a pinfall at 25 minutes and 37 seconds and immediately roll out and leave to the crowd um, which again he, he was able to you know the, the wily heel was able to pick up the, the, the big win here and escape and uh, Taker is, can't believe what happened he's on the outside and he's angry he's up on his feet and we see a replay at this time you actually get to see the clothesline that JBL hit so they got it right the second time but that first right first time was terrible they missed mm-hmm. it and yeah, that's that's the finish, folks. Heidenreich screw it over the Undertaker yeah. yet again with the help of JBL. It's weird. I it's like I guess 
Heidenreich's an unofficial member of the cabinet because he keeps helping JBL win here these past few months. Yeah. Uh, and he storms to the back. JBL leads through the crowd. And the crowd is just kind of, huh? Deflated yeah. and upset. And uh, JBL, excuse me, Booker T, Eddie, and Undertaker are just kind of stand confused in the ring as the show fades to black. And we had a good solid 10 minutes of that match, man. We're yeah. friggin' awesome and rolling and going. And then there's a definite drag in the middle. And boy, that ending sucked. But I mean, I don't know. It was. It was good. Like, I, I would recommend that match just because of the... It's unique. I mean, this is like a one-time-only match. You'll never see these four guys oh, yeah. in this type of match. And, and the, the fun parts were really fun, but the, the bad parts really dragged. Yeah, and it was uh, it was neat to to see these guys interact, like you said. And, um, you know, I hate to say that it got good when they, when they did the table spots and the ladder stuff, but that's when it got good. It shouldn't take these four guys... Um, that kind of stuff, the non-wrestling stuff, the toys, as they call them, <laughs> to make the match interesting. But it's because the story wasn't really there, you know, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You kind of knew JBL was going to win, so there was no um, no drama there, like you said. So anyway, um, you know, it's fine. I recommend it, though, for sure. I mean, just to watch if you haven't ever seen it. But I'm glad we didn't drive to Atlanta this night and go see this. So, <laughs> oh, man, uh, we would have been yeah. disappointed. Yeah, we probably would have fallen asleep at the wheel on the way home on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Crash the Bronco. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, well, that's going to lead us next month and old Johnny, Johnny Heidenreich himself. Oh, God, let's let's not talk about it. Yeah, let's not. We don't have to go down that road yet, man. Uh, Well, that wraps up 2004, though, for us, man. It's a historic year as El Hombre Muerto makes his return into the land of the living here. Man, what are your what's your kind of overall vibe on two thousand four? How how do you rank this year and the legacy of the dead man? What are highlights and lowlights for you? Uh, highlight was his return. Obviously, we're freaking there in this crowd, so I say that's definitely the highlight. Uh, low light was pretty much everything after April, um, <laughs> <laughs> except for except for one match with JBL that we liked. You know, now that we've grown into become a fan of his, but everything else, man, it's just really not been. It's not been great, and it's not his fault. He's done as good a job as he can with the stuff he's given, but just the, the concrete crypt, the Dudley Boys, John Heidenreich. I mean, just dude, what the heck? Trying to put this JBL over as a main eventer, like he's trying, but you know, it just hasn't been great, man. And plus, he's like he's gone for like three out of the five weeks for build you know so yeah what about you i gotta say the same stuff dude i was i was excited to be back in the dead man era you know we loved the biker taker era way more than we thought we would and but i was excited to get back to to classic undertaker but man it just Mm -hmm. is the quality of opponents has been such a drag and even against good people like booker t or the dudley boys like the storylines have been such trash that it's just completely sucks the air out of everything so you know even i I would say that that jbl match from no mercy was actually the surprising you know highlight from this year as far as match quality wise which is shocking yeah and i I agree with what you just said i think it's not the opponents it's not the quality of the opponents except for hiding right it's the storytelling they just really lacked 
whacked a good story for some reason. I don't know why. You know, I don't know what the difference was between 2002 and then this year or what's happened behind the scenes, but it's definitely and it's shown all over the card. And again, you and I mentioned that you, by nature of not having cable, didn't see a lot of this stuff, and I didn't see a lot of this on purpose because I hated, at the time, hated JBL and his championship run and thought SmackDown was just full of jobbers, basically, mm-hmm. trying to get put over as stars, and they weren't any. So, you know, a lot of that kind of just really sucks the fun out of uh, this return for me. But El Muerto is good, and we're excited to see him back. And he is changing a little bit and kind of adding more of that biker-taker stuff to this dead man. So it's, it's it's been cool to see him. And, dude, he's got a new signature move in the PTO. So I'm that. down with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and then, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. All the right. return of the ministry, the middle age ministry. That was, was a great. true highlight, an unexpected <laughs> That's gem. A highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a low light was having to say goodbye to Paul Bearer just a little bit too soon. Yeah. Yeah. But we we also got the big show's Thanksgiving celebration, something we'll cherish Did. for the rest of our lives. So, and we got Did. your Take Your Easy song. So, folks, Did. if you haven't heard that, you got to go check that out. You can find all that and all our archives over at any of the podcasting services, over on our YouTube channel, over on Podbean or Spotify, YouTube, I just said YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google check Play, out Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can check out YouTube if you want. Uh, you can hear every episode we've covered now 1990 through 2004, aside from those Royal Rumbles, which we'll get to eventually. Uh, and now we'll be digging into 2005 next week. And, my man, it's uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better because we're going to kick off the year next week <laughs> with the Royal Rumble uh, casket match, which is, that's cool, but it's sadly against Heidenreich yet again. And then we go from there into Luther Reigns. <laughs> we got to talk about the man who hates Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, Oliver Twist himself. <laughs> Uh, Muhammad Hassan we got to talk about next year. Uh, and we get a big, long chunk of the Orton family. So that uh, it'll be interesting to see how those matches with Randy Orton. He's got a few of those next year, how those have aged, how those stand the test of time. It's certainly a controversial feud at times and a, uh, give us plenty of fodder to talk about. So stick along with us as we dig up 2005 starting next week. You can follow us along on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Talking Taker. If you don't already, we've got to encourage you to go do that. and uh, We'll uh, try to follow you back on there. We'd love to be part of the conversation with you. We always ask you your thoughts on these matches. The Downturn Podcast said that uh, for them, 2004 and for SmackDown in general was pretty eh, but at least they went out with a high in this match, which I think we can agree with. Uh, I said the high for them was WrestleMania 20, but the low was, uh, and I'll quote, Man, I hate SummerSlam versus JBL more than the Concrete Crypt. Is that wrong? And uh, Mm. yes, yes, you are wrong, but (laughs) we'll we'll let it slide. They're wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Loyal fan, loyal listener, so we'll we'll let it slide, but you are wrong on that. uh, (laughs) Absolutely. Do another Twitter shout-out to Gary Thorpe, at Gary Thorpe 12345 uh, said, Just discovered the show the other day on episode 18 now. I'm going to power through the whole run of episodes in the next few weeks. Undertaker is my favorite of all time. Good job. So, 
Gary, you'll hear this uh, in a few weeks, I guess. But thanks for listening. Hope you're sticking yeah. along and sticking it out. Uh, just watch out, man. It's gonna get it's gonna get a lot crazier, a lot harder to dig through uh, in a few more weeks. But uh, you'll <laughs> hopefully we'll keep you entertained and enjoy it along the ride. It's still awesome that we got people that are starting episode one and going through it, man. We love it. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great to find out. Great to have new fans. We enjoy it. We enjoy our old fans that have been sticking with us this whole time, especially as we've sludged through some of this crap that we've had to go through recently. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank and, uh, you. Shout out as well to another podcast doing a similar thing to us, The Bottom Line Cast, going through the career of Stony Cold Steve Austin. So Gary or anybody else that wants another dose of what we're doing and also an alternate perspective on a lot of Undertaker matches because the, he's got intertwined with Austin along the way a lot of times. Go check him out on all the podcasting services. And uh, they don't need it for me, but I just wanted to plug to a place I went to on my vacation, man. The Wrestling Universe Store in New York. Uh, they are in... I got the business card, man. They are in Flushing, New York. Uh, you can find them on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram as well, Wrestling Universe Online. Travis, I wish you would have been there with me. I wish we would have found this place when we were in New York. It is a store yeah. completely <laughs> dedicated to wrestling figures. It's it's the greatest store of all time. Yeah, man. I don't even know why we didn't see that 15 years ago. We should have. It's awesome. I saw the pictures and... Uh, I've seen some pictures of you there. It looks awesome, man. I wish I could have been there with you. It's a good thing I didn't go because I didn't enter my bank account probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buying taker opponents and stuff. So Yeah, if you're out that way, go check them out. They are uh, WrestlingUniverseOnline.com. Uh, I know they have a lot of figures online for sale. A lot of their stuff in store you can purchase online. Man, if you're looking for any figures, I did pick up, uh, picked up a Dead Man figure from this era, 2004 Dead Man, and a, and a Paul Heyman because uh, as we discussed, he, he may just be the Undertaker's greatest rival. So I had to pick up one of his figures as well. Yes. And I'm slowly, slowly growing my collection uh, inspired by the uh, Major Brothers on their wrestling figure podcast. Uh, I'm, I want to get a collection of every guy that we've covered on this podcast. Uh, the, the, all the guys he's faced on pay-per-view. <laughs> some, some of the side characters. Yeah, I gotta get a Luther Reigns. I gotta get a Heidenreich. I gotta find a, uh, you know, I'll get some of the side guys. Not all of them, but maybe like a Stephen Richards or, or a Nunzio. Some important yeah. side characters. Uh, there's not a Midian figure, but I have my uh, Phineas Godwin in there from, uh, from childhood. <laughs> so yeah. I got him in there. Uh, I'll put a picture of that stuff on. Take a googly eye on this chest. Yeah, I could do Tape a custom. Take a googly eye on this chest. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll keep you guys updated as that collection grows and put pictures of that on there. And uh, lastly, if you're enjoying the show and you want to support us out there, the best thing you can do is share about the podcast. But if you want to do a little something extra, go over to tpublic.com and pick up a t-shirt. That's a couple dollars in our pocket and let you spread the word out on the street uh, or a sticker or a coffee mug or any of that stuff and let the world know you want them to take her easy exactly now if you were there at armageddon 04 in december at the gwinnett center in atlanta georgia where we were not um let us know what you remember about this show let us know why the heck you went was this the only reason that you went was this match or were you there to see santa claus uh uh, who knows, man? But anyway, let us know what you thought about this, what you thought about this match. Let us know what you think about El Hombre Muerto, his new uh, nickname. So we love it. So just thought about that. And 
Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in 2005. Take her easy. You people don't know what real problems are. Only problem you got is too much food to eat. I had to worry about staying alive. You know, I don't need to celebrate Thanksgiving. It's some excuse to give thanks. Because I thank myself every day for saving my own neck. But I tell you what, since you're inviting everybody, I'm just going to go on ahead and invite myself. Let me get some of them peas. I had peas before.